Thank you, Jesus. Father, we just thank you for this wonderful privilege where we can come together and just worship you and sing those lovely songs that bring us into understanding that sin has no hold on us, but grace holds us now. Death has no hold on us, but grace holds that ground. Lord, we are so grateful that we can come together and worship you. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord Jesus. We love you, Father. We love you, Holy Spirit. We honor you. We thank you. This morning, as we come around your word, we pray, Lord, you would speak to us. Speak to us, Lord, and help us to have a listening ear so that you can bring us and help us to surrender and stand on higher ground. Lord, we are just so grateful, so, so grateful that we can come and worship you, Father. And together with your body, together we rejoice and we give thanks in Jesus name Amen Praise the Lord It's our privilege this morning to be with you and uh, to bring the word of God is very special to you to me and to you hopefully because it's the word of God that's why it's special to us but special also is my wife who is able to come with me this time the last couple of times, due to whatever circumstances, she was not able to come. But Susan is my wife. Can you just stand up and so that they, sh they see you? <laughs> yeah. And I also have Jeremy, my son, is with, me, with us as well. This morning, the message is around 1 Samuel chapter 3. And um, it's actually the whole chapter. I will not read through the whole chapter, but I will select chapters that will bring out the salient points. There will always be that three or four sections to every message that I bring. The first is to make sure that we are true to the context of what we are preaching from. Secondly, we will comment, comment on the content Thirdly, it will be a little bit more practical regarding the conditions of experiencing God. And then if we have some time, we will see how God's Word confirms for us that whatever that we are dealing with this morning will really become our experience. Okay. The title that I have here is actually in two parts. The first part is on the call of Samuel. But really, within the call, what I'm going to emphasize on is hearing God. And um, the content did not just only start in chapter 3, but started in chapter 2. So therefore, I will be reading a bit on uh, from chapter 2 to make sure that 
we are true to the word of God and didn't invent something on our own, okay? Um, so let's look at the context. The, 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 first, the, the main point here in the context is Samuel, as an individual, actually was dedicated to God. The title should speak to us also, that we should have our lives dedicated to God because we are dealing with hearing God. If you want to hear God, then this is where you start. You dedicate to God so that God will become the higher priority rather than ourselves, rather than our own world, rather than our own ambitions. Dedicate to God because He is the highest of our priority. And then when we have Him above us, we are secure in letting Him flow down in His leading, in His speaking, and in His in his uh, directing. Okay, let's look at 1 Samuel chapter 2. Um, <clears throat> then Elkanah returned to Ramah without Samuel, and the boy served the Lord by assisting Eli the priest. Now, this particular first sentence itself that I'm quoting from 1 Samuel chapter 2 is in the context whereby uh, Samuel was born out of a miraculous birth to Hannah, her, his mother, who was barren. And um, she was reaching out to God. She wanted to have a child because in those days in their culture, when they are barren, they feel ashamed and they feel despised by the community. And so she had a heavy heart at that point in time and reached out to God with the deepest of her cries in her soul that God would vindicate her, 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 her shame by giving her a baby, a son. And had promised to God that when she receives from God, the priority of God stands. She would dedicate Samuel to the Lord. That's a big thing because once you dedicate the child to the Lord, the, the child is no longer her, hers. And, and the child is separated from you. Just imagine, you know, when you give birth to a baby after caring for nine months and then after that you will uh, be uh, feeding the child and, 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 and watching the child grow, getting fascinated from stage to stage. And then after that, when the baby is weaned off the mother's milk, you give it away. Give the baby away. Give him to, to the Lord. This is no small thing. And so dedication to the Lord. If you want to hear from God, dedication to the Lord actually has got this context. And it's important that I bring this to your awareness today. Give you a story. I remember reading about this lady called Corrie Ten Boom. Have you heard of her? She was a person that knew God. She didn't just only have her own religious background of Judaism because she is Jewish. She actually knew Jesus Christ as her Savior. It was during the time of the Holocaust. And during that time, they were persecuted greatly and they were 
being hauled up and, and, and arrested and placed in concentration camps and killed. Mostly, I think over six million of them were killed during that time. But throughout the journey, she was, she was, she gave herself to the Lord and told the Lord that I want to be used by you to help as many as possible to escape from being caught by the soldiers. Because of her dedication to the Lord, she heard God directing her from place to place and saved a lot of people. But finally, he was still caught and sent to a labor camp. But that was also for God's purpose or in God's purpose because it was in that time whereby she, like anybody else in those camps, was also uh, tortured and, and abused and so on. But finally, the whole thing came to an end and she didn't die. I think one of her sisters might have died, or I can't remember now, but she became a full-time minister, preaching the Word of God, and in one, in one of those services, somebody came up to the altar to answer the altar call. And this guy was the one who treated her badly in the concentration camp. It was at that point in time whereby when she looked at him, she had tremendous struggle. She had to hear from God as to what she would do. Because out of her own flesh, she would not want to pray for this man. I mean, so much pain. And the memories. But the Lord intervened and spoke to her and told her to go hug him and forgive him. Which she did. And that man broke down, that man became a Christian, and the rest is history. If you don't hear from God, if God did not speak, actually, you can't live this Christian life. In between the salvation by grace to the end of living in grace, in the victory of God's empowering favor and grace, is this thing that you live day by day called hearing God. So this is an important thing that we are learning today. And uh, if we would recognize this, we can serve God. And we would serve God knowing that many times in serving God is not abstract. We serve God by serving people. In this case, his, this little boy, Samuel, in 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 11, he was dedicated to serve the Lord by serving Samuel. Uh, Eli, sorry. Eli is the priest. And uh, no less than us here, we would be serving God, yes, but usually under somebody. Okay? And uh, you will be serving others too, maybe in your own home. Don't think of serving God only in the church. Think of God serving in your life. You serve the Lord in your life. And they could be the ones closest to you 
whom you are serving. It could be your husband that you are serving. It could be your wife that you are serving. It could be your children that you are serving. It could be your brothers and your sisters that you are serving. And maybe it could be a friend that the Lord brings across your path that you would be serving for a period of time. Okay. Chapter 2, verse 18. But Samuel, though he was only a boy, served the Lord, he, and he wore a linen garment like that of a priest. Serve God since young. And some of you might have been doing that uh, since young. But if you keep doing it with an understanding that in your serving, you are hearing God, you have a good future. Because you are learning from young. And it will stick to you, for, in you so that you can actually have a strength of your uh, adulthood and mature age with the, the grace of God that is strong in your life. Okay, verse 20, Before they returned home, Eli would bless Elkanah and his wife, Hannah, and say, May the Lord give you, and you uh, 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 other children to take the place of this one she gave to the Lord. So, Blessing was spoken from Eli over, his, uh, over Elkanah's family. And um, verse 21, And the Lord gave Hannah three sons and two daughters. Meanwhile, Samuel grew up in the presence of the Lord. So the family was blessed from barrenness to fruitfulness. No children now to six children. Gave away one, you still have five left. That's not bad, you know. That's a 500% increase. <laughs> okay, and um, but the important point here that I'm bringing to your attention is Samuel grew in the presence of the Lord. An awareness, a consciousness that we can cultivate. Okay, it's not something too abstract. And verse 35, Then I will raise up a faithful priest who will serve me and do what I desire. I will establish his family. And they will be priests to my anointed kings forever. You see, priests are associated with kings. It's always kings and priests. Jesus is both king and high priest. Hebrews, eh? the book of Hebrews. He is the chief high priest, actually. Jesus is the highest of high priests. Okay? We are a chosen generation, a royal, kingly priesthood. Okay? And we are to be kings and priests in the book of Revelation. Revelation 5, uh, 11 and Revelation 1, 5 or something, 5 or 6. Uh, we are also in the same category. So in the context of what I'm talking about is to draw you into this understanding, into this awareness that you are a priest and you are in association with kings that God is using to rule this world from heaven. And the promise is that your family will be established. That's a powerful thing. You know, this is opposite to Eli's family. Eli did not pay attention to his family and he lost him his family. Both his sons, the Bible recorded, died on the same day. Okay, we'll read a little bit about it afterwards. Then all your surviving family, in verse 36, will bow down, will bow before him, begging for money and food, 
please, they will say, give us jobs among the priests so we will have enough to eat. You know what will happen when you would actually dedicate yourself like as a priest unto the Lord, serving God, a minister unto the Lord. A priest is somebody who will approach God on behalf of somebody else. A prophet is somebody who would approach people on behalf of God. One speaks to God, the prophet speaks to man from God. And so you must understand that in your position as a human being saved by the Lord Jesus Christ in the grace of God, you have a job to do. Your job is to be able to go before God on behalf of your parents, on behalf of your wife, on behalf of your children, on behalf of whosoever that the Lord has placed upon you. Do not think for any moment that your life is to live under, unto yourself. You live for somebody else. And then because you do so, you are in association with a God who is going to be Reign in, be able to reign over you and through you, you also will be as, a, as kings so that you are both priest and king to be used by the Lord to rule this earth from heaven. So that's why when Paul, uh, when, the, when, the, when the disciples asked Jesus how to pray, it's actually there's only one mission that Jesus came for. He came for the Father's mission, and that was, Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It is about heaven coming to earth through Jesus. And we are to be like Jesus, both kings and priests, so that heaven comes down in your life, heaven comes down in your home, heaven comes down in your job, heaven comes down in your profession. Okay. Now let me look at the content now. The content is the call of God, that, is that the call of God necessitates growth. But particularly this morning, the message is on hearing God. You grow because you hear God, and because you hear God, you grow. Okay? So let's look at chapter 3. Three, and I will not read the whole chapter. I will go to the verses that are salient to the message regarding hearing God. Well, let's look at chapter 3, verse 1. Meanwhile, the boy Samuel served the Lord by assisting Eli. Now in those days, messages from the Lord were very rare and visions were quite uncommon. Back to the context in chapter 2, it is about dedicating to God and serving God. So, he became a minister of God. You are a minister of God. And don't think of ministry only in terms of serving in church. Yes, there will be many things to make this service, to make this service happen and people need to serve. But for the rest of the week, it's not here. It's in your home. It's in your work. It's in your school, in your university. And so therefore, you must think ministry out of the box of a church, out of the walls of the church, okay? Not despising the church. I give my whole life to serve the Lord in the church and regarding church. But uh, 
There was one point in time. This is now another illustration. The first illustration was Corrie Ten Boom. The second illustration is me. When I had served the Lord many years planting churches or helping other people plant churches in 10 different nations, the Lord spoke to me at 6 a.m. one day here in spring. And that was many years ago. And said that the church exists for as God's movement for the kingdom of heaven on earth. While I could have given my life more and more over the ensuing years to make church happen, to do church in the way that I used to do, and emphasizing on programs, and you need all those. Because if you've got no programs, you can't run anything. But while all these things are important, programs for adults, programs for youth, programs for children, while you can do all those things, God was making sure that the church doesn't miss out on what it exists for, as in the, the mission that the Father has given to Jesus, to be his movement of heaven on earth. No less for you and your family. No less for you and your children. No less for you if you're a leader, for the members in your cell group or care group or life group. They are to be people that will become the Lord's movement from, from, from heaven, for heaven to come upon earth. Then he spoke to me again, read the Bible and watch out for one thing, families. Then I discovered that the whole Bible from Genesis to Revelation is full of family stories. Because I heard from the Lord and I looked at my own lack and the gaps in my life, in my own family as well as in the church, I thought I should go and study. So I went back, I went back to school. I went back to study. And I, I, I persevered through the whole journey of finishing my doctorate degree, just studying about the family and the father. Tough journey. Sometimes you go right through until 4 a.m. in the morning, 3 a.m. in the morning. By the time I go to bed, especially in winter time, my, whole, my hands are frozen, my feet are, fro my feet are <laughs> frozen. It's a tough journey and you sometimes you really get stuck unless the Holy Spirit speak to you and teach you how to go about it. Because I'm not an intellectual person, neither am I an academic. So when you, if you are like me, and if there's no reason for doing a doctorate, don't do it. Don't waste your life, okay? But just learn from the Word of God and then begin to grow and hear God. You will have a good life. Okay, um, but in that time, verse 7, Samuel did not know the Lord because he had never had a message from the Lord. It was a time of silence. And then Eli realized, it, well, between 7 and 8, God called Samuel three times. Then he, he, he thought, oh, well. And, and you know what? This boy, Samuel, keep coming back. Did you call me? Did you call me? Did you call me? He said, no, I didn't call you. Go back to sleep. And then he realized, must be God who is calling him. So he taught him. Next time when you hear 
this voice again, this is what you should do. Eli realized it was the Lord who was calling the boy. And he taught him, if someone calls again, actually, I, I, I don't like this word someone, because actually he himself knew God was calling. So instead of just someone, it's actually God. Yeah? Because after that, he said, speak, Lord. You, how, how should you respond? He said, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. So he taught. In other words, hearing God can be taught. But that, if that's the case, then it, it's, got, it's something that we ought to learn. That's what happens. Verse 10, And the Lord came and called as before Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel replied, Speak, your servant is listening. Or oh, this young boy is so pure, you know. You teach me, I do. Yeah? You say it like that, I say it like that. You know? I, I, he has a, such a learning spirit, a teachable spirit. And so, and I perceive you do too. You know, I look at you, you're very engaged with me this morning. All of you, your eyes, you're very engaged. So I'm trying to teach and I think you're trying to learn, okay? And, 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 and so here we go, verse 12. I'm going to carry out all my threats against Eli. God's continue now with the message. And, 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 and his, against Eli and his family from beginning to end. I have warned him that judgment is coming upon his family. Again, family. God is concerned about your family. For, and God, judgment is going to come upon his family forever because his sons are blaspheming God and he hasn't disciplined them. So there was an elaboration of not only just calling him by name, the message came through in detail. Verse 18, so Samuel told Eli everything. Why did he, why did he tell? He, in fact, he didn't want to tell him. because That kind of message, you don't, don't, don't want to tell uh, Eli. You know, it's not for you to tell. I'm only a little boy and he is my boss, you know. How to tell him that God is going to judge you and your family? But Eli earlier on said, what did God say? You've got to tell me everything because if you don't tell me everything, God will, uh, be, uh, will be angry with you. And so he told Eli everything, and he didn't hold anything back. And so he was a faithful messenger. He is faithfully being, like today, we've got many faithful messengers delivering your Uber Eats and your menu log, uh, delivering your food, making sure that he doesn't go to the wrong address. Okay, faithful delivery. If you would become a faithful deliverer of the Word of God, God will speak to you. Okay, as Samuel grew up, the Lord was with him, and everything Samuel said proved to be reliable. This is NLT, but King James says, every word that he spoke did not fall to the ground. That's how powerful his words are. I have a feeling that the same strength of God's Word through you stays and stands like that. Every word that when you cultivate such a sense of God's presence, when you cultivate the habit of hearing God and speaking His word, your word too will not fall to the ground. It will be so powerful. There was one point in time I was in Brisbane, give you another illustration. I called out this young man and I said to him, you're going to get married. I don't even know whether he was married, okay? But I said, you want, 
sometimes after saying it, after prophesying, you you won't be wondering what you said. But the next one is even more amazing. I said, you're going to get married and you're going to have the first child. She will be a daughter. Call the daughter this name. I was a bit shocked after saying what I said. But I thank God that that word didn't fall to the ground. His first child was actually a daughter and she called the daughter according to the whatever name equivalent. <laughs> okay. There was another time when I heard the Lord spoke to me. Somebody called us from Dubai and said, Pastor, this is rainy season, but we have to pour concrete. And um, can you please pray? SMS, okay? I said, I'll pray. Then I went back to them and said, I've prayed. And I want you to know this. The Lord said, raining season or no raining season, on that particular day, you will pour concrete because I will give you an open sky without rain. After saying that, I got scared. You, 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 you can't determine this in the natural. So I say, God, I said this and I blurted it out. And it's in the text, it's now in writing. You've got to do something about it. <laughs> Honestly. And then... Uh, some months later, I actually visited the area there in, another, in the other country. And um, they, they told me, Pastor, on that particular day, no rain. But when we came out from the build construction site, everywhere was wet. And that road, I knew, I've been that road, that road, I passed through the, the road a few times. And they, showed, they told me that everywhere was wet except the construction site. Hallelujah. Isn't it wonderful? That's the one end of how the Word of God can do what it says it will do. I can't tell you that I am actually operating like this every day. But I want to grow in it. How many say amen? And I want to see more and more. Hallelujah. To hear God. Because in between salvation by grace to a life of faith is daily hearing God. Okay. Then the Lord continued to appear at Shiloh and gave messages to Samuel there at the tabernacle. In other words, God continued to obey, uh, to appear. What happens is when he would start speaking, his intention is he, he wants to in continually appear in your life. So brothers and sisters have a sense of expectation this morning. The next passage, the next part of my thing is about the conditions of hearing God. And my time is really quite short now. But um, I'll still use because I don't have to finish off very quickly for the next service. This is the last service, okay? That's because I've given you a little bit more just now. I said some of the things in this service that I didn't say just now, okay? Um, conditions on how to, of how to hear God. Well, one of them is live to serve God under a mentor. Well, if you're not serving God, why do you want to hear God? Right? So, serve the Lord. Tell Him that I want to dedicate my life to serve you, however. And my proposition to you in serving the Lord is not nebulous, it's not mystical. Serve your family, serve your husband, serve your wife, serve your children. Serve your friends. Okay? Learn and be teachable. Be faithful to God and your mentor. 
But the important thing is, if God speaks to you, you obey. If, you, if He speaks to you, you don't, have, don't obey, what's the point of hearing God? And God will not speak anymore. Okay? But the important thing is this. Uh, in Jeremiah chapter 7, verse 23, But this thing commanded I them, saying, Obey my voice, and I will be your God, and you shall be my people. And walk ye in all the ways that I have commanded you, that it may be well unto you. I will be your God and you will be my people. This phrase is a very unique and particularly important phrase because this is actually central to the new covenant. If you read Jeremiah chapter 30, 31, he will be prophesying about the new covenant and in Christ, we are in a new covenant relationship with God through Jesus Christ. And central to this particular covenant, new covenant, is this particular phrase, I will be your God and you will be my people. Every covenant has got words of the covenant that are important as much as every contract must have words that will bind the people to the contract. But contract, human contracts can be broken, but God's covenant will not be broken because God is both the maker and the keeper of covenants. And he has several covenants throughout the Bible, but in Christ today, we are in the new covenant and central to it is this phrase in the words of the covenant, I will be your God and you will be my people. Therefore, if this is so... I want to speak to you and I want you to listen and carry out what I want you to do as my people. So your Christianity is really not about yourself. It's not about your ambition. It's not about your plans. It's not, you know, I'm, I'm getting bigger and bigger in doing this thing on family. But I, in, in researching, I've discovered that this dimension of emphasizing family can make people having the family as their idol and then losing out on actually serving God's purposes. Be careful of that one. Okay? Remember that you are God's people and God is your God. And you are to be useful to him for his purposes of enlarging his kingdom of heaven upon earth. Okay. Hearing God's voice has two lines of communication. The first line of communication is audible. And you have Samuel audibly hearing God speak to him, call him four times. Another example of hearing God is Paul. He was Saul at a time on the road to Damascus persecuting Christian and, uh, Christians and uh, God called him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? He heard it audibly and then he was struck and he was blinded. So God had spoken to people audibly. Maybe among you, some of you might have experience of having heard God speak or call you audibly. I have not, personally. But it will be in, in one of those others, in, in, inaudible. 
the second line of communication is not audible but inaudible voice okay um, but to teach on inaudible voice I'm going to unfold or unpack seven dimensions of hearing God the first one is the first dimension all these dimensions are what I call the language of the Holy Spirit the language of God's Spirit speaking in seven ways one is the Bible the Bible is God's Word. We must not look upon it anymore as only a literature text. We must look upon the Bible as God telling you stories about Himself, teaching you. And so the Bible is full of stories. And that's why it's also suitable even for little children. And the Bible is presented to us in, as the Word of God and the, the word Word is presented to us in two forms. One is the Logos and the other one is Rima. Logos is the written word. Rima is the spoken word. Logos is intellectual, academic, you learn about it. Rima is inspired, God-breathed. It's living word whereby God speaks to you and you alone. And that's why you have uh, scriptures such as Romans 10, 17, when God speaks to you and you alone, that becomes inspiring, that becomes a life, and it builds faith. And so therefore, in Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That word, word, is Rima. Matthew 4, 4, man shall not live by God, uh, by, by bread alone, but by every word. From the mouth of God. That word, word, is also Rima. Earlier on, I spoke about the word as Logos. is in the example of John chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. That Logos even is not just only to be taken as literature or philosophy, but that word, word, is actually God incarnate in the person of Jesus Christ. And so you need to understand Logos. And from Logos, you can better discern Rima. If you receive a Rima without even knowing Logos, sometimes you can't trust it. You don't know who is speaking. Okay? Another uh, aspect of the language of the Spirit in terms of speaking, God speaking to us, is through servants of God. For example, most Moses and Joshua and Samuel and your godly pastors, okay, uh, and whoever they're speaking, okay, or, or, or the ministers who are preaching. The third dimension is dreams. In Acts 2, 27, uh, 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 yeah, um, 17, Acts 2, 17, God says, I will pour my spirit upon all flesh, and all men shall see visions and young men dream dreams. All so men shall dream dreams, young men see visions. Okay, <laughs> the other way. Um, dreams are from God. You have interpreters, of, you have dreamers and interpreters of dreams. Uh, uh, dreamer is people like Joseph. Interpreter of dream. No, Joseph was a dreamer and interpreter. Daniel was an interpreter of dreams too. Okay, and visions. 
so God says, I will give visions. In those days, there was no vision, there was no word, right? But now is the time whereby God is going to be speaking and God is going to be appearing. So I want to tell you, this is good news. You're in this era where God is speaking and appearing to you. I hope we have an expectation of it. Amen? And so here we go. We have this particular... Uh, my screen is off. Uh, the visions. Now, i like you to, to understand that all these are possible. I don't have a lot of visions um, in, my, in my... I have visions. I mean, I've seen different things over the years. But my wife has something that... Uh, that she has experienced several times, not only once. She had seen words of scripture written on the wall. She's awake. This is called open vision. The scripture was written on the wall. There was a library there, but the library disappeared. And she would be in bed, sitting down praying, and uh, suddenly the bed and the, the, the room disappears. A scene appears. And then she saw an open vision. She was sit, standing at a corner there, and uh, almost like, you know, like what Sister Lillian always do, sitting in the corner, that place is booked, okay? Nobody else is supposed to sit there. Pastor's wife has a special place, okay? And um, she would be standing there worshipping the Lord. The whole stage disappeared, and she saw a vision. No time to talk about what she saw, but it's very exciting. It's regarding end times. It's pertaining to what Jesus wants to do. Visions sometimes may be open visions, but sometimes it may be while your eyes are closed and then you see pictures. That one is probably more common, okay? And that one is something that most people actually could experience. Okay, um, the next one is impressions and inner witness. God speaks to, uh, when God speaks, you know, you can't shake it off. And uh, the scripture that I'm, that I'm giving you is, the Spirit, Romans 8, verse 17. Um, oh, well, Romans, Acts chapter 27 first. And this is Paul uh, having the impression that the ship that was taking him and the people to Rome, on the way, they're going to have a shipwreck. And so he actually told them. But they couldn't do anything about it, uh, whatever. It did happen. How did it happen? It wasn't an audible voice. It was inaudible. She had his impression. And then Romans 8.16, the Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Another way that God speaks to you is sometimes through your own lips. You may be counseling or you may be praying, praying something loud. Then suddenly you realize, wow, that, that, that thing that just came out from your lips sounds pretty smart, pretty clever. You never thought of it before, but it came out. And then people listening to you say, wow, that was really good. It's not really you. It's God speaking through you. You are learning at the same time as the person who is listening to you. Okay? And uh, so that's something that you can... Preaching too, you know. I'm preaching and so on. And sometimes I go home and add whatever I said during the preaching onto my notes uh, so that I can take, make a record of what God said. The last thing is to keep a journal to verify how accurately you have heard. I can say this, and I know in my heart that probably not many people write their own journals because it's a tough discipline. But some of you probably would have written a little bit here and there. So maybe not every day, but maybe some of you would have written. But I hope this inspires you to start writing a journal so that you can check on whether or not God has spoken to you. Confirm your faith in hearing. This is not my uh, scripture here. 
My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. You are God's sheep. This scripture is common. That's why I leave it to the last. It's not the, uh, I've actually expounded on how to hear God really from Samuel. But people who teach on hearing God will most likely go straight to this verse. So people are saying, oh, I heard that verse before. You're hearing the verse also, okay? But those things that I said in, before you are very important and very practical. Okay? Um, recall your own experiences of having heard the Lord. Okay? The, sec- the next thing is, Dedicate to serve God. Grow in hearing with greater clarity. Hallelujah. It's important for us to make sure that we do that. Let us pray right now because I want to pray Ephesians chapter 1 verse 17. That God will give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation. That the eyes of our understanding may be open. It doesn't say the ear, but I want to apply it for both hearing and seeing. God, apply, God, God is saying that He's speaking and He's appearing. So I'd like to pray Romans, uh, Ephesians chapter 1, 17 for all of you today. Okay? And uh, the scripture is so that the eyes of your understanding, we can show them the scripture now, uh, be an, enlightened that you may know what is the hope of your calling and what are the, the, what the riches of the glory of the inheritance of the saints. Hallelujah. And the exceeding greatness of His power to us what who believe according to the working of His mighty power within you. Thank you, Jesus. Shall we pray? Father, I do pray for people in Praise Center that in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, you will confirm to my dear brothers and sisters that this is not something that is only for some people. Confirm in their spirit, in their hearts, I can hear God's voice. I can see the appearing of God. I therefore pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that Lord, by the power of the Holy Spirit, you give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation, that the eyes of our understanding may be open, that our spiritual ears will open, that we know you and the hope of your calling because we want to dedicate ourselves to serve you, serve our families, serve our friends, serve people whoever may not, we, we, we may not even know very well, but the Lord directs us to serve them and we will do it for your own glory. So bless this group of people, I pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.